Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 72 of the Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, the man who was fired as a hairstylist because he just couldn't cut it, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? I, I would fire myself, too. With this <laughs> right, <here>. absolutely. <laughs> also joining us in the studio today, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Good. <laughs> Happy to be here. How's good it going? You. Oh, you like that one? Have you ever cut anybody's hair before? Mine. Really? Yeah. You went really whoa, bad. Whoa, 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 and he hasn't done it since. I haven't done it since. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know like if that was like a re- like you really cut your hair one time and it didn't go well. Was that like a yeah. COVID thing or no? This okay. was like uh, I was trying to save money. Oh, gotcha. Was, uh, gotcha. 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 Oh, was this recently? Yeah. Okay. No. His <laughs> hair grows amazingly fast. Sorry. Go fund. Does it go fund me account? Is that yeah, where you raise yeah, money go. for somebody? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. All right, we'll raise money for yeah. Matt. We could we could crowdfund Matt's haircut. I think we all went. I know I went through a season of life where I had to cut my own haircut. Yeah. Did you ever have to do that? So my mom uh, manages a hair salon, so, so no, no, I was always kind of able to get in there and you know benefits of being our a first two years of marriage. Um, the pattern was I let my hair grow out really, really big, and then I would shave my head. Okay, and then it would grow again, and I'd shave my head. Okay. So I had about twice a year. I would, you know, so yeah. it just keeps starting over. It's very uh, cost effective. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. And we've thrown away all of the pictures from that season of our life. <laughs> well, we're not out of that season yet. But well, you look fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 at, at all times. At That's all right. times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're, thank you. Guys. If you're just listening to the podcast That's every week, you're, you're really doing missing yourself out. a disservice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can watch it on YouTube, and yeah. uh, Matthew looks fantastic. That's right. right. You see a lot of my the back of my head. Well, gentlemen, how was your? I didn't understand what you I just didn't said. either. How, oh, because of the camera, camera shot. Oh, oh, the angle okay. of the yeah. camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Do you want to switch seats? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> guys, calm down. We, we digress. Oh man. Calm down, about guys. Matthew's hair. <laughs> gentlemen, how was your weekend? Busy I'm weekend. I'm glad that I said that and it derailed both of oh, you. Oh, one hundred. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I well, had it doesn't to take a lot to derail <laughs> me, Chad, or this entire podcast. <laughs> that's right. This could be called the ADD podcast, but oh, that's fine. Anyway, how was your weekend, Adam? How was your weekend? Um. Good weekend, uh, rainy weekend. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that you know, there's always stuff I have to take care of the property when it rains, but that's neither here nor there. Um, we did something on Friday I've never done before. Okay, what's we, that? I don't know if uh, um, stories to tell on the podcast. We went to a <laughs> camper and RV show. Okay, over in Atlanta. <laughs> what? Yeah, never done this before. No. We totally like. Because you kids, guys love camping, big we campers. We kept the kids yeah. out of school, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and we drove over and met Morgan's parents and um, at the Atlanta Expo, which is basically this gigantic indoor sure. whatever. And um, there's nothing but campers and motorhomes and all these different things, and it was so much fun. Did, okay. did you come back with a lot of ideas? Um, about yours? Yeah, a few. Actually, uh, there were a lot of vendors that were set up for a number of different things, I'm sure. and I, I, I just go around and talk to all of them. Yeah. And, I, I won't. Anyway, you're getting me off track. But the, <laughs> the fun part was these gigantic motorhomes. Okay. That I guess people you know live in them. Okay. So there's buy. a difference between a camper and a oh, motorhome. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we have a camper. I hook okay. it up my truck. We okay. go camping. It's great. Yeah. You know, we yeah. enjoy it. And so we didn't really want to spend our time walking through those. We wanted to see like the things that are like big right, right, and luxurious. Right, right, yeah. You know. Okay. Gotcha. And so some of these motorhomes. I mean, you walk in, it's like marble flooring and chandeliers, <laughs> and and and, and, and time, costs man. more than your Jacob actual home. Sitting yeah. in the driver's seat, going, "Will it crank?" I'm like, "Jacob." <laughs> <laughs> don't don't touch. we're gonna get kicked out of the camper and RV show. But we had a great time, just that's great. family that's time, tell. hanging out and uh, seeing some cool stuff. And so that was super random. That's but awesome. it was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then we had basketball, and um, as a, we're still in basketball season, so that's pretty all consuming. So yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah. Oh, and then Sam and Morgan were gone all day Saturday because Sam had a robotics competition and a band. 
um, audition. How did, one was in Auburn, one was in Montgomery, yeah? and so it was like in um, the morning, one, two, there. three, go team. Uh, yeah. We all saw each other again that night. How'd so, it go? Um, it went great. The robotics competition went well, and his band audition went well. So yeah, we're kind of in that season of life where our kids are involved with a lot of things. Right, and so yeah. we kind of you know divide and conquer. Yeah. And um, they tell me we'll miss this one day. So uh, <laughs> but right now, right now, no, we're, we're, we're really all kidding aside. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's fun to watch our boys get to do their thing, and uh, we're having a good time. So yeah, well, it's good. Well, good. That's awesome, Matt. How, how was your weekend? Well, again, like you said, it was rainy, so not yeah. much to do. Uh, so we kind of cleaned the house up. But I did introduce D to who's the mole. Who's the mole? It's okay. a. T- it's a. It used. To, I guess it used to be an old TV show. So you back mentioned in the day. this to me before the yeah. podcast, and it was. It's this old. It's almost like reality television. You basically yeah. have like a group of people, say twelve to fifteen, and it's one of them 12. is like placed in the show by the producers as the mole, who's kind of like and they mess stuff up. Yeah, and it's awesome. So you have to accomplish tasks, and there's a they saboteur- get money as they go through. That's yeah. right. It's basically like real life Among Us before that was a thing. It's a, there's a saboteur yeah, yeah, yeah. that's like keeping the group from accomplishing. Your goals. So twelve and, people they, they yeah. get together. There's one mole that's there to like make sure they don't get any money. Uh and then the the person at the end uh wins all the money in the pot. But you have to vote people out. You have to vote out. Yeah, so let's like, yeah. say you introduce D to this. I have two scenarios in my head that I'm I'm asking now for clarity. <laughs> one, does this mean that y'all like found old episodes of this and you watched it? Or two, did you call ten friends and play this game? Because I don't know I, what this means I when think, you say. I think that we found it on Netflix. So okay. they re okay. they revamped it. Okay, all right. So they you weren't actually. It. This isn't like a board game or no, something. No, no, no. I mean, it would be a great board. I game. mean, I, I know what we're doing on the next staff retreat. This sounds yeah, amazing. I so on Netflix, that. it's called Find the Mole. Yeah, be who's, the mole. who's the mole? Who's, who's the mole? Who's the mole? Right, right. right. Yeah. Can so, we recommend that on the podcast? Is it is it uh, good viewing, Matthew, or do we need to tell people use your, your Christ-like your lens? Discretion. Okay. 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 Matt right. fast-forwarded um, through several parts, <laughs> everybody. Right. Yes, I did. <laughs> no, I mean there, it, it's it's pretty. I mean it's pretty clean. There's a there might be some language. Okay, but gotcha. But pretty clean. Well, we have to beep you out several that's times right. a week on the podcast. Right. So that's, that's this is true. <laughs> this is true. Yes, I'm kidding. No. What'd you do, Chad? Man, yeah, we, uh, that sounds kind of fun though. Yeah, well, you should watch check it. that out. We didn't get up to a whole lot, like you said. Once again, raining. Um, we mostly did stuff around the house, and then um, yesterday afternoon, the girls went over to my parents' house, and I got to go home and watch a couple of football games, which oh, yeah. was really exciting. Oh. So, uh, well, one of them was really exciting. The other one, I kind of fell asleep during. But you know, that was uh, well, it was kind of a chill afternoon. Well, which one did you fall asleep? I mean the Eagles 49ers game. I don't want to talk too much I, about it, but it was it was just uh okay. felt bad for the 49ers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then last night <laughs> then last night well they just didn't have a quarterback, you know, like that yeah, was that's the, their problem. Yeah, that's their problem. <laughs> I'm still bitter towards Kyle Shanahan <laughs> <laughs> for losing the Falcons that's Super Bowl. Right. Well that's neither here nor yeah, there. We'll talk about that. Well, you have to just run the ball three times. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, that's right. And then uh <laughs> He's got his game plan. And then last night, uh and then obviously the, the Bengals uh, Chiefs game, which the Chiefs won. So that was that was interesting to watch that. So it was good. Super Bowl in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, two weeks. Which yeah. is going to be a lot of fun. Do you guys do like the Super Bowl party thing, or just watch it with the family, or what? Yeah, we always cook a lot of food and yeah. watch it with the boys, and um, it's a big deal when I let them stay up. Although the Super Bowl starts early, yeah, so five thirty. They don't have to stay yeah. up late for it. But anytime, like I let them stay up last night um, for the AFC Championship gotcha. game, so okay. a, little, a little later. So that's kind of a big deal at our house. So yeah, oh yeah, we we watch the game and have yeah. a great time. And sometimes our families. Come over. I, I don't know. I haven't really asked what's going to happen sure. this year. I'm taking it one week at a time. I hear you, man. One week at a time. <laughs> right. On. Yeah. We, we usually go to our friend's house. There's like pizza, wings, yeah. you know, the traditional 
football. I can kind cook of stuff. some pretty good wings. Okay, well, you're invited so, uh, then. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you're in. No, and, and honestly, so, you know, as a, as a guy, you know, my background's in marketing in college, mm. like the commercials. Oh, yeah. Love the commercials, oh, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, of course. Which, I mean, you don't have to have a background in marketing to enjoy the commercials, but I always like getting to watch it. right now, but I'm not going to. Well, do you remember the one last year? What was it, the QR code that bounced around I for 30 seconds? That one. Genius. Like yeah. the most genius thing I've ever seen. But, All right, I'm going to tell a story. So, when I was growing up, we would always do like a big thing at our church on Super Bowl Sunday night. Okay. And they'd bring in somebody to preach or an evangelist who was going to like do halftime. And lots of people came. Okay. So we would watch the Super Bowl and then we would listen to the guy at halftime. And then we would all go home and kind of watch the second. Half. And this is kind of what I just knew, you know, growing okay. up. And it was always fun. I really enjoyed it. Look forward to it. Had a lot of food, different things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But my only um, problem was they always uh, would cut it off during the, the commercials. Oh, you're in a church, you know, you know, that was like the Bud Bowl was really big. Right, right. The, the Budweiser Bud frogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, the, I guess, cool. you know, they didn't really want to be having that being <laughs> sure, in a church. I understand. Yeah. Now, the challenge as a sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade kid, you know, I go to school that Monday and everybody's talking about two things, the game and, and the, com- the, the commercials. commercials. That's and right. I could yeah. never participate in the conversations about the commercials. And so somewhere that just got lodged in my brain. And so years later, I'm a student pastor, and uh, we're doing a gigantic Super Bowl party. This was when we lived in Virginia. I was a full-time seminary student. Okay. Morgan's a full-time undergrad student. I'm also a youth pastor at this little church, and um, we did a gigantic Super Bowl party. I mean, we had tons of kids. You understand? <laughs> the first meeting I ever had with this, the youth group, I had three students. Okay. Yeah. And so by by this time, we had like over 100 show oh, the Super wow. Bowl party. Okay. It was a big deal at the church, and uh, the church is thrilled because you know, I never had a bunch yeah. of teenagers there, all the things. And I am determined to not put these kids through what I went through. We're gonna watch this. we're gonna watch the commercials. <laughs> so like I don't cut any of the commercials off. I'm just trying to make a point, you know. Right. We're gonna watch the commercials, we're gonna watch the halftime show, and you know, we're not gonna have any of that because you know, I want these kids to be able to have conversations and culture and be and a part of Do you the... wanna guess what year that was? Was it the wardrobe malfunction year? It was year? the wardrobe oh. malfunction year. <laughs> as soon as you like... said halftime show, I was like, oh no. It was that year. And then and never again. they were all watching it at church. And so I now understand why the church I grew up in took that stance yeah. because I had to make a ton of phone calls that uh, next day, wow. right? To a lot it was of a parents. malfunction. It was yeah. supposed to happen. So I can't top that, but I can say that year that happened, the pastor of our church, Lawrence, was hosting the students at his house for the Super Bowl, and I was sitting next to him when that happened. So that was a little bit awkward, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. I get it now, yeah, right. which is why we, we do not show the Super Bowl That's on Forest Church. You go watch it. Go watch it in your own house. It was yeah. a malfunction. It wasn't supposed to happen. Guys. Yeah, sure it was. Well, yeah. Anyway. Say that to a hundred teenagers yeah. in a room, <laughs> and that happens in real time. Anyway, oh, go ahead. Man. What are we talking no, about? No, no, remember. No, but no, it was a good weekend, uh, and we had a great weekend here at Vaughn Forest Church. I want to talk before we jump into talking about the sermon. I want to talk about our new fourth and fifth grade rooms. Uh, people's generosity towards uh, now is the time special offering enabled us to do something pretty cool this past Sunday. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, I went by and checked them out about yeah. nine fifteen. Uh, kids are already in there. So if you don't have kids in our kids ministry, they get checked into their life group rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they go to large group. Then they come back to the rooms. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, fifth, the fourth and fifth grade boys and the fourth and fifth grade girls now have these new rooms. And yeah. they're big and they got a lot of things in there. Awesome, yeah. And, I, and you made me laugh. You and Hardy, 
y'all took everybody around on Discover Von Four, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is like a tour during the nine thirty service. That's right. Yeah. So tell them about the timing when y'all went to go tour that yeah, part of the church. So we were heading back to take uh, the elevator up to go to the third floor, and then work our way down, and go to kids ministry. But we stopped. I'm like, hey, real quick, y'all just check out these new fourth and fifth grade rooms again. And they're in large group. They're in large group. This. While I'm yeah. saying this, so they're not in the room. That's right. Okay. They're, they're, the rooms are empty at the moment. They have left them to go to large group, Got, and gotcha, they're they're gotcha. about they're about to imminently. I'm, a, I'm riding along. Yeah, with you. come yeah. back. Okay. So we're just kind of talking. We got like 11 of these folks in there, and uh, and they're all checking out Vaughn Forest, and they're like, man, these rooms are great. I hear the rumble happen in the stairwell, and, I, and immediately I know what has happened, that the kids have released from large group. And it, I mean, seriously, it was like, here they come. And now remember, they had only gotten to be in those rooms for just a few minutes mm-hmm. before they had to go to large group. So, so they, they were, were like, they were amped. They were ready to get back yeah. in those rooms. Okay, all right. And so literally, the the fear in these 11 people, no, I'm kidding, but like, they <laughs> got to see all of these. We only had one injury. That's right. Only yeah. one. You ever hear? Uh, Chad's see, dragging them out. Come on. Right. You ever see the running of the bulls? It was basically like, no. So these. These, these kids just come flying down these stairs and into the rooms, but like the reaction of all these folks from Discover on Forest was, that's awesome. They yeah. thought it was all, I mean, they I were excited. That was awesome yeah, too. yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, uh, it's great. they had a blast. And I think, I know, so Christy uh, was helping out the first hour. She went and bought one of those twisty confetti cannon mm-hmm. things from Party yeah. City. Yep. Yep. And, I saw uh, all the confetti. The confetti was yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Yep. So it was, uh, they had a great time with that. They had though, like so. switches in there. I was almost late for the first service because uh, yeah, I was yeah, you're playing, playing. Little party hats. I yeah. got one. Yeah, yeah that's that was right. fun. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good day. Big props to our kids ministry workers. Big thanks to all the folks who generously gave for that to help make yeah. that happen mm-hmm. um and it was it was great to see uh but we did continue our message series now is the time and uh we talked uh, we actually concluded right this is uh yeah, the last it. week in that and we'll talk a little bit Dang. later about what's coming next uh but we talked about serving our community with no strings attached uh you started off the sermon talking a little bit about the history of vaughn forest church and uh, i'm not 100% sure that people listening in maybe even know about the genesis of vaughn forest and some of the history why did you talk about you know, the beginning of the church, the history for almost 30 years, and why was that so relevant to uh, yesterday's sermon? We didn't get Hardy in here. Hardy's our <laughs> yeah, resident yeah. historian. Yeah. He can tell you all things uh, Vaughn Forrest. Yeah. I actually talked to a couple in the lobby, um, like a married couple in the lobby, after one of the services yesterday, and they were telling me the first time they ever came to Vaughn Forrest, Vaughn Forrest was meeting in trailers yep. on this mm-hmm. property. Yep, yep, yep. So I've heard some of those stories. Um, I'm going to say something that should be so obvious that no one should ever have to say it. Okay. Okay. The mission of every local church is to reach lost people in its community with the gospel. Mm-hmm. But having grown up in church and been around churches and, you know, kind of just been in the church world for a long time, <clears throat> I've been fortunate that the churches that I've been in, the church I grew up in and the churches I've served in, like have mm-hmm. not lost their mission. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are a lot of churches who have mm-hmm. lost their mission. So one of the things we have to always do is make sure everybody is staying on mission. Okay. Why did Vaughn Forest begin? There were a group of people at First Baptist Montgomery, and there were other people in other Baptist churches in the Montgomery Baptist Association who felt like there needed to be a kingdom work, a gospel work in East Montgomery. The area was growing. There was not a church here in this area that could reach all of the lost people who were moving here. 
And so they planted this church for that purpose and that purpose alone. Mm-hmm. So that's been what has guided this church now for 29 years. So yeah. let's reach the lost with the gospel and let's disciple them into fully developing followers of Jesus. And so I think it's always good to know your story, to know your heritage, yeah. to know where you came right. from. I mean, we're always going to look forward into the future. In fact, when you're more excited, when the stories you tell have more to do with the past than the future, you're done. Any yeah. organization. Okay. If you sit around and all you do is talk about how yeah. good it used to be in the good old days and wasn't that wonderful, and there's no vision, there's no stories, there's no anticipation mm. for what's next, you're done. Okay. Yeah. So we're always going to be moving forward, looking forward. But part of looking forward <laughs> is also remembering God's faithfulness from the past. Right. So look yeah. how faithful God's been yeah. to, to get that work started. And then here we are 29 years later, and we're still not a perfect church. <laughs> making mistakes, uh, getting some things wrong, right. but on mission. That's right. Yeah. Not getting the thing wrong that ultimately matters the most. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. I remember those days. I remember back when Wind Lakes was way far out. Like I okay. grew up here in Montgomery. So yeah. I remember when it was like, oh, you live in Wind Lakes. Like that's that's way out there. And I mean, <laughs> Pike Road wasn't even a thing that was thought about. And so it's crazy to see the growth and and again, you know, the growth of the church and all that throughout Were that you time. Here during the trailers? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I came. That's I came awesome. when we were the church of the double wide. We uh, <laughs> we literally had people one time. Right. This these people came up asking how much it cost to rent a trailer. True story. And uh, oh wow, yeah. I thought it was so, a trailer dealership. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, so it was great. Well, you know, continuing our conversation. Um, so you your key scripture was the story of the good Samaritan. Why? What drew you to that passage to wrap up this series? The, the end of the passage. Okay. So when Jesus says, go and do likewise, mm-hmm. uh, then let's figure out, like, w- what is it that he's trying to get us, this guy, expert yeah. in the law, now let's apply it to our lives. What is it we're supposed to go and do? And so he's telling this story to help illustrate what it is he wants us to go mm-hmm. and do. And the way that I read the story is that there's multiple principles that we can pull from the story. So let's talk about Bible study here for a second. Yeah, all right. So yeah. when, when we read God's word, we can't make it say anything to us today that it would not have meant to its original audience right. that's taking it out of its proper interpretation. So once we have an accurate interpretation of whatever <laughs> it is that we're reading, then there are multiple applications based on accurate interpretation. So we could take the story of the Good Samaritan in a number of different ways for Mm -hmm. how we should apply it in our lives. So what I'm doing yesterday is I'm saying one of the ways we can get some really good principles to apply this in our lives and in the lives of our church is answering the question, why should we serve our community with no strings attached? Mm. And the generosity that I believe the Good Samaritan shows and his um, ability to actually meet real needs as they really exist, not as he wished they exist, his yeah. willingness to be interrupted, his willingness to be inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of principles there, his willingness to not demand to be paid back. There's a lot yeah. of principles there that really drive our philosophy for why we feel called to serve our community. And I just think it's a really good passage from God's <clears throat> Word to give us a biblical basis for really the why behind the what. Yeah. Yeah. So what is it we do? We serve our community yeah. with no strings attached. Well, why is that? 
And I feel like that passage gives us really good answer to that question. Yeah. I love what you said there, that there's, you know, the correct interpretation and multiple applications of that. That's really yeah, good. That's and I really think that's good, one of the yeah. things, you know, we talk about the Bible, you know, the Bible talks about the Bible being living and active. And I think that's one of the interesting things about it is all the different applications, whether it's based on where we are in our lives, you know, you read that and how it means different things to you at different times. Yeah. yeah. And we have to be careful. I mean, w- what we are not saying is that you can have four or five people sitting around and let's all go around and I'll share what this means to me and you share what it means right. to you. Mm-hmm. No, that's not right. what I'm talking about. Because right. it means what it means what it means. That's, right. that's yeah. called interpretation. <laughs> right. yeah. And then you can't make an application based off of something that it doesn't mean. Right. right? Yeah. So yeah. the interpretation has to guide everything. And then you can get multiple applications. And so your point is, is really well made because in every season of our life, God's word is living and it's active and it's breathing, which is why you can read the same passage and be in a yeah. totally different place in your life. Yeah. And God will use that in different ways mm-hmm. as you apply it. Yeah. And, yeah. and obviously the Holy Spirit that writ, wrote God's word, inspiring God's <laughs> word is the same Holy Spirit that's in you. Right. And right. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would lead you into all truth. Jesus wasn't saying the Holy Spirit's going to give you a new truth. Right. Jesus <laughs> yeah, was yeah, saying yeah. the Holy yeah. Spirit's going to help you understand the truth right. Of, right. of God's yeah. word. Yeah, that's really good. So one of the things you said was that we want the point of ministry to be people, not ministry. So help me understand a little bit better what you mean by that, and why do you think it's so easy to for folks to take their focus off of people and onto you know ministry or things? So ministry is a pretty difficult word to yeah. unpack, sure. right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. you got a ministry of a local church, and then you've got parachurch ministries, and then inside a local church, there's multiple ministries. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me kind of flip that word for a second, and and this is not the only way of looking at it, okay, okay? but just for the purposes of our discussion. A lot of times when we talk about ministry or ministries, what we're really talking about are methods. Mm. Okay. So we had Dr. Elmer Towns here a couple years ago, and uh, we need to bring him back. Man, he was awesome. So here's what Dr. Towns taught me years ago, and I can still hear him saying this. Methods are many. Principles are few. Methods may change. Principles never do. I heard him say that so many times. Now, why is Dr. Towns saying that? Because for 70 years on every continent, except Antarctica, he has trained pastors and ministry leaders across denominational lines in every size church imaginable on how to effectively reach people in their community with the gospel and disciple them into fully developing followers of Jesus. Now, here's what Dr. Towns knows. Depending on where you're at, the method you use to accomplish that is going to be different. Right. So what happens a lot of times in churches is churches marry their methods. Mm. Churches lose sight of the mission because they love their methods of ministry. Now, here's the challenge with that. Life moves fast. Mm. Here's the challenge with that. Kids growing up today, it doesn't look the same as it did even 10, 15, 20, certainly not 30 years ago. Student ministry. You do realize there was a meeting at some point in the past, (laughs) and it's debated at what church this meeting took place, and we're not going to chase that rabbit here for a second. But there was a meeting where someone said... Hey, what if we did something targeted towards teenagers? We could call it 
teen ministry, student ministry. Bob, got any ideas what we could call this thing? <laughs> like, there was a point in time where student ministry did not exist. Right. There was a point in time where Sunday school did not exist. Yeah. There was a point in time where choirs did not exist. There was a point in time where praise teams did not right. exist. There was a point in time where production teams did not exist. All of the things I'm describing, they were like, oh, well, that's what you do at church. They're just methods. Yeah. Right? They're just methods. So when I say we don't want to make the point of ministry, ministry, we want to make the point of ministry people, what I'm saying is let's never lose sight of the fact that all of these methods of ministry are supposed to help us reach the lost and make disciples. And if we're not going to be honest in our evaluation of whether or not those ministries are actually accomplishing that, then we're losing sight of our mission. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, I've made that yeah. mistake. And every it's an easy mistake to make because there's always things that we really love. Yeah. Certain yeah. ministries yeah, yeah. we're yeah. passionate about and we care about. And then there's other things we're like, we don't even know why we do that. You know? Right. So like that's just kind of part of being in a church. And so it, it's a conversation to always keep at the forefront. Like let's not have these siloed ministries. Our kids' ministry is over here, our student ministry is over there, the men's ministry does this, the yeah. women's ministry does that. We got all these great ministries. But there's no synergy of focus towards reaching the people in our community and making right. disciples. And that's all I'm trying to say is yeah. let's never lose sight of the people that we've actually been called to reach. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love so much about Vaughn Forest Church is the people here are like, yeah, let's try things. Let's mm-hmm. let's give things a shot. Let's throw it against the wall. Let's see what sticks. And they hold things very loosely, and I, I'm very grateful for that. We'll never change the gospel message, Absolutely. ever. Yeah. The beauty of the gospel message is that it is transferable to every culture, to every language, to every time period, to every generation every generation. Right. The gospel is going to be the gospel. We have to proclaim the gospel. And I'm always super clear about that. Community ministry is not proclaiming the gospel. It's a step in the process to hopefully have someone have the opportunity to hear the gospel right. message being yeah. proclaimed. But the methods of how we go about doing that, they can change from right. time to yeah. time, and they probably should change from time to right. time. Well, you know, we're talking about reaching people. And yesterday, that was, you know, you spent a lot of time on that. Um, you said reaching people with the gospel and discipling them to become fully developing followers of Jesus. And I think you just mentioned it, too. So let's talk about what that phrase actually means, because I, I think that's kind of the first time I've heard that. Yeah, so uh, fully developing obviously carries with it the understanding of an ongoing process. Right. So you never arrive. You, know? <laughs> you never Wait, arrive. You, you never <laughs> yeah. get to that point where you go, I am a fully developed follower of Jesus. No, you're not. No, you're not. Okay. <laughs> you're further you, than you, you thought. You, you will be a fully developed follower of Jesus when you are in your glorified body with right. Jesus for all of eternity. Right. Praise right. God. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, we look forward to that. But as long as we're here on this planet, every mm-hmm. single day of our life, we're going to struggle with our old sin nature. Yeah. You know, Paul says, the things I don't want to do, I do, and what I want to do, I can't do. And we can all identify with that. And so the developing part of discipleship is, at all times, I believe discipleship means taking the next step of obedience that God has in front of you. It can be in your overall life, or it could be in a particular area of your life. Mm -hmm. But as you take that step of obedience, empowered by the Holy Spirit, you're in the process of becoming a fully developing follower of Jesus. And let me tell you what fully developing followers of Jesus look like. Fully developing followers of Jesus know just how unlike Jesus they yeah. really are. Right. <laughs> you know, it's not the person who you think, man, they've got it all together, and yeah, they just yeah. think, again, I'll go back to Dr. Towns. I mean, if there was ever anybody in my life who I would be like, that is a fully developed follower of Jesus, it would be him. And yet, having spent the time with him like I have over the years, to hear him say things like, the closer I get to God, the further away from God I realize I really am. Mm, yeah. The more I realize how unlike God I really am. That is a right. fully developing follower of Jesus. 
completely aware of how unlike God we really are. Right. And 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 aware so much of like the song we sing that God's goodness keeps chasing us yeah, down. And right. this is all about his grace towards right. us. And so we're not doing anything to earn. But it is a process of ongoing discipleship, ongoing mm-hmm. spiritual maturity. The big fancy theological word for it is ongoing sanctification. Yeah. This is a lifelong journey. And there are a lot of Christians that for whatever reason uh, missed that class. <laughs> for whatever reason skipped that Bible study. Mm-hmm. And I've said it before on here, but I think it's worth saying again. And someone's like, well, I've been walking with the Lord for 30 years. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe you walked with the Lord for a year and you got stuck and you've just repeated that year for the last 29. Yeah. yeah. So walking with the Lord carries with it the understanding of progress. Yeah. Right. Carries right. with the understanding of movement, that you're actually more Christ-like now than you were then. And right. if that's not happening, you are not living out the Christian faith the way the New Testament presents it. That's for all of us. It's not just for pastors or ministry leaders or Sunday school teachers that the call to discipleship is the call to be a Christ follower. Those are one and the same in the New Testament. Yeah. Mm. So I really liked how you said that it's not enough to know the demographics of our community, that we need to know the names and the faces of people you know, in our community. So practically, what does that look like and how can we make sure that we're doing that? Figure out in in your rhythm of life and in your sphere of influence how you can intentionally place yourselves in environments, in places, around people who don't know Jesus. Okay. Go to every birthday party your kid gets invited to. I know it's annoying. I know you got a lot going on. (laughs) But if you go, guess what will be there? Other parents. They don't know Jesus. You can build a friendship with them. If your kids are involved in anything extracurricular, carve out some time to give to that, to serve. You know, get involved with the PTA. You know, your kid does this, volunteer to bring snacks. If your kid's involved, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be a sport. It could be any type of extracurricular activity. Just be present. Be involved. Sit with the other parents. Introduce yourself. Send them a friend request on Facebook for Pete's sake. But you've got to be intentional because if we aren't intentional as Christ followers, we can spend our entire life doing nothing but being around other Christians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being around other Christians. We spent a whole message in the series talking about the, the importance of fellowship right, as right, it pertains right, to our right. spiritual growth. But it is a both and. And what I have found is that if I am not super intentional about what we're talking about, it won't happen. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the, the rhythm of my life will not place me around a bunch of lost people unless I choose to place myself around a lot of lost people. And that's not just true for me as a pastor. That's true for you listening as well. Because a lot of times when you are around people who don't know Jesus, can I tell you what they do? They act like people who don't know Jesus. They say things that bother you. They offend you. They say inappropriate things. Your kids hear from their kids. Now they're repeating inappropriate things. It creates a mess. Now you have to have conversations you wish you didn't have to have. They saw something on the phone that you preferred they didn't see. That's called messy. It's actually what we're called to. Yeah. Yeah. We're called to step into the mess. And so what is that? And I know what those things are for me, and I know what those things are for Morgan because we've worked really hard at this over the years. And Morgan carves out time to strategically be around other women who don't know Jesus. And she's really, really good at doing that and building friendships and just getting to know people and inviting you know, women to coffee or to lunch yeah. or, you know, over the years, sometimes even into our home. And and for me, in this season of my life, that looks a lot more like my involvement with whatever it is I'm doing with our boys, whether it's 
something extracurricular or coaching one of their teams. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to be putting myself in those places to ultimately build the relationships. And I'm not doing it in a way where it's weird. Right. Yeah. Like the first time I meet somebody, it's like, you know, hey, I don't know if you've heard this, but I'm a pastor and I love to <laughs> preach the gospel. Would you sit down and give me the opportunity right. to work on my preaching skills? It's not like I'm trying to build a friendship. Right. right. I'm just trying to build a friendship. And, and, and as I build friendships over time, I'm praying that God gives me the opportunity to, yes, of course, eventually yeah. share my faith. But but if I don't plan for that and make that a priority and carve out time for that, it won't happen. Yeah. I think what you said there about being intentional with that is so important because growing up, I was kind of like – it was almost like an us versus them mentality. Like I was taught, like only surround yourself with Christians, you know. So to someone, you know, for, like me who's heard that, it, it's it's a it's a it's a paradigm shift a little bit because like I love this intentionality. You know, what would you say to someone that maybe is worried about? Because you know, we were always told like you know, bad character corrupts good and all this kind of stuff. Is there any sort of like preparation going into those environments that that, that we need to do? Yeah, I mean, let's let's go. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I'd spent years of my life having these kind of conversations with teenagers sure, as yeah. a student pastor, yeah, yeah. college students when I was a college pastor, and now with my own boys as a dad. Mm. So here's the conversation that I've had so many times, and it's, you know, not as much with Henry right now. You know, first graders at Pike Road, you know, they're not typically smoking cigarettes behind the dumpster, <laughs> you know, in between classes, and so maybe they are. I just don't know about it, so we hadn't gotten to that yet, but, you know, certainly with Sam and Jacob at 13 and 11, we have lots of conversations. And right. here's the point. Peer pressure is neutral. Peer pressure is a neutral term. Okay. Who's exerting the peer pressure? Peer pressure has carried with it for years the connotation of negative mm-hmm. peer pressure. But peer pressure in and of itself is just a neutral term. So at every opportunity, I believe Christ followers whether it's 11-year-old Jacob, 13-year-old Sam, or an adult listening to this right now, you have the opportunity to be the positive peer pressure. Mm -hmm. You have the opportunity to actually set the tone. We Mm -hmm. talk in our home about the difference between being a thermostat and a thermometer. Mm -hmm. Like, you regulate the temperature in every room. You regulate the temperature on every team. You don't reflect it. That's not what Christ followers have been called to. And this is not personality dependent. Some of the greatest... Mm -hmm influencers of positive peer pressure I've ever known are people who are actually introverted. It's not about being big and loud and, you know, leadership qualities. It's just this idea that if you're walking with Jesus and you're bold enough to to not back down from letting people know yeah. that's who you are, and you do it in a way where you're not obnoxious about it, right. and, and you actually love people, over time, that will gain you influence. Mm-hmm. That has not changed. Yeah. Yeah. Society has changed. Culture has changed. But that has not changed because there is something attractive about the gospel message. Yeah. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. The Holy Spirit in you can actually begin to convict somebody else seen it happen. Hmm. So the idea is, yeah, I mean, you've got to know who you are and you've got to be able to stand firm in your faith. The problem is so many Christians are just playing the game Mm -hmm. that they can't do what we're talking about because the moment they get in an environment like that, they would get so easily swayed. They're just like everybody else. This This is why growing in your faith matters so much. At the end of the day, here we go. Growing in your faith has zero to do with you. It's actually more about bringing glory to God by being used by God to point other people to his son, Jesus. Mm. And if you're not growing in your faith, you're actually robbing yourself from the opportunity to be used by God 
for the purposes he has you here for right now. Yeah. Because if he didn't have you here for that purpose, he would have already called you home. Yeah. So yeah. you're deci- you're not even the point of your discipleship. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's yeah, so that good. God that's can really continue good. to use yeah. you in the lives of others. And so yeah, peer pressure. You you exert the positive peer pressure. You yeah. be the thermostat. You be the don't be the thermometer. And 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 if you'll do that, and whatever sphere of influence the Lord has you in, I think He can use you. I've just seen it too many times. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Yeah, that's that's really good. Just stay the course. Yeah, you know, like a ship falling in the light. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I love that man. So yesterday you said something that really stood out to me, um, and you said that there are so many pastors and churches that care about what other churches think about them than their lost neighbors. So how easy is it to fall in to that trap, and how like how do we avoid that? Oh man! So I, I, <laughs> I it really I, stood out to me. Well, okay. So l- l- I don't, I don't want to call out any particular pastor or any particular yeah, church. Right. This is kingdom work. Yeah, we're all on the same team. But sometimes you have to call out some things that you're seeing. Right. Okay? Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit of the, the the gift of prophecy in me or something. Well, I don't know. Go. But you know, <laughs> here we go. I just think that we have to call out some things sometimes. Yeah. Um. It can be tempting for a church to care more about what other churches think about that Mm -hmm. church than people who live in the community, live right down the street, and don't know anything about the church or know anybody who attends the church or have never had the pastor come serve them, love them, meet them, eat with them, share a meal with them, any of those kind of things. And that looks different from one denominational context to the next. Yes. You know, some denominations, they'll actually print in all the paperwork— how much that particular church gives to this particular thing. Mm-hmm. And so churches are kind of like given notoriety for how much they give. And and it's kind of a little bit of a, wow, you know, look at that church. Yeah. And that's, okay. And there's a lot of really good churches that give a lot to denominational works, and they do the things we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. They serve yeah. their community. So that's what I'm saying. There's not like a one statement, one size fits yeah. all. But what I am saying is it's easy for a church to fall into that trap. Yeah. <clears throat> to care more about the notoriety it gains from other churches than whether or not people in their own community know anything about mm-hmm. that church. And, you know, nobody on this listening to this podcast wants to listen to me talk about pastors because we're so <laughs> weird and we live in our own little world. Right. But, you know, what social media has created, unfortunately, in the, in the ministry world, is a little bit of a vacuum where pastors mm-hmm. care more about what other pastors are doing and saying than the time they spend with the people in the community. I mean, I, I, I look at social media a few times a day and, you know, I got nothing at social media. There are some pastors, I wonder what on earth they do other than spend their time on social media. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're a big deal on social media. Does anybody in your community who doesn't know Jesus know you? Right. You know, yeah. and, and I would be glad to challenge any pastor that I, you know, had a com- conversation with in a loving way as a brother in Christ. Like, hey, man. Let's make sure we keep our eyes on the prize. Let's right. make sure we yeah. keep our eyes on, on on the focus here. And and you and I have talked about yeah. this before that, you know, Matt obviously has written a lot of really great songs and, you know, we've sung some of those songs in our worship services. Mm-hmm. So whether you're a songwriter or whether you're a, um, a Christian author, that industry, whether it's the Christian publishing industry or the Christian music industry, unfortunately, over the last, I would say, decade has turned into a, what is your platform? Yeah. Right. And right. if you don't have a platform, nobody's interested in anything you have to say. So 
Christians are being told you need to fix that you need to focus your time building your platform, yep. building your influence through social media so that we'll allow you to write a book or write a song so yep. that we can make money off of it. And there's a lot of people who they've made that their focus. A yep. church is building mm-hmm. its platform. A pastor is building his platform. Mm-hmm. And man, I, I just don't see that in the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Kind you of know, turns into a lot of self-promotion. I, you know, yeah. I, I, I just think Jesus said, whoever's last shall be first, and whoever's first shall be last. Mm. That um, you know, we're not supposed to be about our own promotion. Right. right. I just don't yeah. think that's the right. goal. And so, yeah. hey, you know what? As, as fellow brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ and churches that try to partner together to reach people— I just think it's good every now and then for us to just kind of be reminded of that. Yeah. You know, let's mm-hmm. let's not worry about that type of notoriety. Right. Let's just make a kingdom difference for where we are right now. Yeah. We got our one little post here called Vaughn Force, yeah. <laughs> and uh, let, let's go for it, and let's not worry about any of that other stuff. Yeah. Let's certainly not let that drive why we do it. That's one thing I love about our church. Yeah. I mean, that, that thought's never even been a thought here. Right. But mm-hmm. it can be easy, I think, sometimes for churches to just lose sight of that and pastor lose sight of that. And if I've said anything that's out of bounds and offends somebody, I apologize. That's not my intent. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I love your point about how the church needs to respond to needs in the community that exist, not the ones that we, you know, think exist. So can we unpack that a little bit more and talk about how we can, you know, better open our eyes to the needs in our community that exist? Yeah, just go ask people on the front lines. Okay. You know, go go have lunch with uh someone who does something different than you works in an industry you don't um you know ask your kids teachers is there anything you can do to help what's their greatest need yeah um it's always school supplies by the way (laughs) right um you know what is it that's going on you know what are they seeing how could we help solve that you know is it tutoring you know what what is it right you know and then can we exert our time effort energy financial resources and helping to meet that need rather than time effort energy financial resources to just do something that we want to do in the name of Von Forest Church mm. you know i remember years ago this was not at Von Forest and this has been over a decade ago there was someone um, who i was meeting mm-hmm. with in our church and they were super passionate about getting bible clubs started um, on these elementary school campuses after school and it's a great idea and um, I learned a little bit more about the ministry, and um, actually, there's some really cool things happening in some places all over the country with that. The problem was we were in a part of—I was living in Georgia at the time, and our elementary schools um, had some of the highest free lunch uh, meals rates in the entire state. Hmm. Um, what, the greatest need in these schools— was not to start a Bible club in the after-school program. There were many more pressing immediate needs that the schools were looking to us and saying, could you please help us meet this need? And what I was trying to help this individual say is, see is as we meet the needs that are communicated to us, I believe in time, God could give us the opportunity to do what you want to do right now. Right. But let's meet their needs first mm-hmm. before we show up saying, hey, we want y'all to let us do our thing here. Right, right, you see right. what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Nothing wrong with a Bible club at a school. It'd be fantastic. Yeah. But if they're saying, could you help us with this need, like these kids need food or they go home on the weekends, they don't eat, you know. If God's people can solve that need, now what might happen down the road is we mm-hmm. could possibly begin to maybe do some of the things we're talking about. That's all I'm saying yeah. is before we go in there and say, hey, here's what we want to do, maybe ask, what is it that you need? Sure. And there mm-hmm. might be a way that we can help meet that need. That's good. That's really good. So, you know, talking about meeting people's needs, you said that we want to serve with no strings attached, meaning that we don't expect anything in return. Um, and I can already hear what some folks are, are thinking, that we would only serve people that were coming to our church. So is there any legitimacy to that, um, that thought, or 
what would you say to those people that are saying that we only want people to come to our church? So we're only doing this so, so that, that people, people will so come that to people, our church? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, there's a lot of people who are members of churches and going to spend an eternity in hell. <laughs> I mean, being part of a church never got anybody into heaven. Right. You know, good luck one day when God says to you, why should I let you into paradise? And you mm-hmm. say, because I was a member at whatever, whatever church. Mm. I came every Sunday. Every Sunday. There's going to be a lot of people who say, well, I was a deacon. Or mm-hmm. I was a Sunday school teacher. Here we go. Yeah. I was a pastor. Yeah. If you want yeah. to claim anything right. other than the name of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. okay, it's never been about church. It's never been about church. There is not a church on this planet that will save you. Mm-hmm. And if our motivation was to get people to come to church, there are a lot of easier ways to get people to come to church <laughs> That's the truth. than yeah. what we're talking about yeah. right now. So let me just go ahead and just whoever thinks that, man, you, you ain't got a clue. Okay. <laughs> There's a hundred different ways I could think to get more people to yeah. a church. So it's not about church. We are not here to build a church. Mm-hmm. We are here to reach a community. Yeah, that's why God placed Vaughn Forest here in 1994. We believe with everything in us that if people die without knowing Jesus as their Savior, they will spend an eternity separated from Him in hell. Right. We believe that. Right. We also believe that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Which means there will be people who got it wrong. Mm-hmm. And then realize they got it wrong as they bow the knee and confess Christ Jesus as king. And that's the last thing they do before being separated from him for all of eternity. Mm. Okay, so that, that, that should wreck us. Yeah. So if that's true, because God's word says it's true, and if we've actually been placed here to reach a community with the gospel message, what are some ways that we can build a bridge to people who do not care about God? Mm-hmm. And I know this, it's hard for some people, but, but we live in the South. We live in the buckle of the Bible belt. Let me tell you something. Most people in the South ain't thinking about God. Mm-hmm. They're not thinking about church. They're thinking about themselves. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about their own life that's right, right in front of them. How are we going to get the gospel to them? Now, back in the day, let's talk about Vaughn Forrest. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, Vaughn Forrest had one of the most thriving ministries, not just in the Southeast, but in the entire country, for door-to-door evangelism. Mm-hmm. In fact, when I talk to some of my you know, pastor friends that live in different parts of the country, uh, this had been four or five years ago when I first you know, connected to Vaughn Forrest. They're like, oh, yeah, I've heard of Vaughn Forrest, yeah. and, and, and that was the reason why. Yeah. So that, this would have been the late 90s, mm-hmm. early 2000s. And in the late 90s and the early 2000s here in the River Region, it was not an offensible thing to do to knock on a stranger's door on a mm-hmm. Sunday evening and talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's story after story after story of people who were here at Vaughn Forest says, who got invited in for dinner. Right. I mean, sitting on rocking chairs, drinking sweet tea, talking about Jesus. I <laughs> yep. mean, come on now, take that's me that's back, that's right? Awesome. Yep. Let's do that now, okay? So th- th- that's fantastic. Yeah. And what was happening there? You're building a bridge. Mm-hmm. What was the bridge? I'm going to knock on your door, and I'm going to get some FaceTime with yeah. you, and I'm going to talk about Jesus. And, and a lot of people prayed to receive Christ and got baptized. Yeah. And there's stories all over Montgomery for what that looked like. Mm-hmm. That's 25 years ago. Yeah. That was 25 years ago. Okay. Yeah. If I said, let's go do that this Sunday night, 
can I tell you what would happen? The HOAs would be all over us. <laughs> We'd be on all the Facebook pages. Yeah. Be, but it's just a different time. So yeah. let's go back to what we were talking about earlier. Methods are many. Principles are few. Yep. Methods may change. Principles never do. Okay? Yep. So here's all I'm saying. If we want to build a bridge to people today, it's not probably going to be from ringing their doorbell as a stranger mm-hmm. and asking for an opportunity to talk to them about Jesus. I do think... We can build a bridge if we serve them with no strings attached. Mm-hmm. I think we can mess with them a little bit. Yeah. It's like, I think that church is after me. That church wants something from me. <laughs> nah. Yeah. We're just here to love you in the name of Jesus, serve you with no strings yeah. attached. Why? Because we're great people. We're Von Forst. We're awesome. No, that's not why. <laughs> why? Because we believe in a God who created you in his image, and he doesn't want something from you. He wants something for you, and that's a relationship with you through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's what we've experienced. Yeah. And we're just the people that he's using to let you know that mm-hmm. and to show you what that type of love looks like. Yeah. It's a love that has no strings attached. So again, serving our community with no strings attached doesn't get anybody saved. What it does is hopefully begin to build a bridge, mm-hmm. build a relationship, tear down some walls. But if we do all of this and we don't come behind it, clearly speaking the gospel message, we're yeah. just like another do-good organization in our community. Yeah, right? That's right. There's yeah. no difference yeah. between us and an organization that's out serving the community. Yeah. So yeah. it's a both and. Yeah. And so we will always make it a both and. We'll always speak the gospel. But all I'm saying is this is a way that we can begin to build a bridge with the lost people I believe we've been called to reach. Mm-hmm. That's good. So I, I loved the video we showed yesterday in the service oh, yeah. with all the leaders from the, the Pike Road school system talking about, you know, the ways that we've had the opportunity to serve. And so if folks haven't watched the service, like go pause right now, go watch <laughs> yeah. that video. We'll wait. It's really good. Okay, welcome back. <laughs> and uh, I, I just want to, you know, I want to I want to dive into Adam's brain a little bit here. As the pastor of Vaughn Forest Church, what are your thoughts when you hear these folks talking about the way that this church congregation serves its community? What, what How does that make you feel? Oh, man. I mean, I don't know how much time we have left on the podcast, <laughs> but there's a lot of things that, that I feel about that. Um, the first one is just gratitude for God's faithfulness. Mm. Um, God God is faithful. I mean, there's been a lot of seeds that have been sown over the years yeah. at Vaughn Forest and in our community, and mm-hmm. God has been faithful um to water that seed and to bring forth a harvest in his in his due time. And so I'm I'm incredibly grateful to God for his faithfulness. Um I'm incredibly grateful to the people who call Vaughn Forest home that they allow us to have that type of scorecard. Mm-hmm. In a lot of churches, um, that would not be on the scorecard. You know, the members of the church would be demanding this or asking for that yeah. or, or saying, well, why don't we do this? Or sure. when's that ministry for me going to come back? That's not who we are. Right. Right? Yeah. The spiritual maturity of our body continues to just be something that humbles me. Mm-hmm. It takes a spiritually mature body to allow a church to do what we do to see a video like we saw yesterday. It means mm-hmm. they're selfless. Yeah. So I'm incredibly grateful for a church family that says, yes, we want to raise money sacrificially so our church can do that instead of raising that money so our church can provide this for me. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. That's not the norm. Well, and yet that's what we have here. So I'm mm-hmm. incredibly grateful for that. And then the last thing I'm incredibly grateful for are the people who are in the video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're on the front lines. 
and God is using them in incredible ways. And I do believe that it's our responsibility to cover them in prayer and to give them our support and to help meet needs because, you know, they are around kids and teenagers and parents more than we are. Mm-hmm. So the potential of what God can use them to do in the lives of kids, teenagers, and parents is immense. And I'm so grateful for them. And I know that it's tough and yeah. I know that yeah. it's difficult, yeah. but they are allowing God to use them. And I'm just so grateful for that. Yeah. And, and, and the fact that it's an honor for us to get to serve them. Yeah. You know, someone says, you know, we're grateful for Vaughn Forrest. And we're grateful for them. <laughs> we're grateful yeah. for what they That's do. Right. It's right. our yes. honor to That's be able right. to do that. So yeah, when I watch a video like that, it's just gratitude that really kind of goes in a number of different places. Yeah, and we yeah. know that those individuals in that video represent scores more of folks, like you say, that are on the front yeah. lines doing all that. So like you said, very grateful. Have you spent 10 minutes in a school lately? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every time yeah. I go to a school, whether it's the elementary, Pike Road Elementary, Pike Road Intermediate, Pike Road High School, I mean, 10 minutes in, I'm like, I don't know how they do this all day, every day, yeah. Monday through Friday. Right. Yeah. I mean, it is a commitment. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and these teachers and coaches and administrators that do this and and they're and they do it for all the right reasons, right? Mm-hmm. That's you right. know, and so to get to serve them is such a great honor. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you know, talking about sharing the gospel, talking about reaching our community and, and seeing neighbors come to Jesus. So I, w- I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about our next series because we've got a huge Sunday this Sunday here at Vaughn Forest Church, yeah. February fifth, the kickoff of a brand new series, Weathering Life's Storms. Can we talk a little bit about the series? And, and some ways that folks can, you know, invite their friends. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we want you to invite your friends. Yeah. And, and I said this in the message, you know, not your church friends, <laughs> your <laughs> friends that don't know Jesus, you know, yeah. neighbors, coworkers, uh, family members. I'm going to talk about the gospel mm-hmm. this week. And, you know, anybody can respond to the gospel message at any time. I, I think that people are most receptive to it when they're going through a storm, right. when life's throwing them a curveball. We don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat. Yeah. So sometimes you, you take a little bit of heat in your life, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. How did I get here? Right. How mm-hmm. did my marriage get here? How did my kids get here? How yeah. did my fan- finances get here? Okay. Right. So when you're in a storm, all of a sudden you're a little bit more open to maybe what God may be wanting to say to you or, or lead you to. And ultimately, we believe, more open to receiving salvation in and through Jesus Christ. And so the goal of a series like this is that that happens. Hmm. But what I know, because I've done this a few times over the years, is a series like this will also grow God's people as well. Hmm. That, yeah, we want to see lost people come to faith in Jesus Christ, but if you really are walking with Jesus, you're going to grow in this series as well. Because right. guess what yeah. I know about Christ followers? We face storms too. Right. Yeah. We didn't get a free pass when That's we came right. yeah. to salvation in Jesus Christ. And so, you know, by God's grace, I'm praying that he'll use this series to help people see how some of the things Jesus said— um, can actually guide us really well when we're in a storm. And so, yeah, we're praying that we see a lot of new people on our campus um, mm-hmm. who are here looking for hope and that ultimately we point them to that hope in and through Jesus. And so mm-hmm. that requires a lot of you listening to be here a little earlier, to serve, yeah. um, to greet, uh, to be helping us get first-time families where they yeah. need to go. And, mm-hmm. and and what I love about our folks is I know they'll do it. I know they'll show up and I know it'll be awesome. Yeah. And it is a good reminder. Um, we I don't know if I've already told uh, you know, our church family this before, but when people come onto a church campus for the first time, I mean, an unchurched person, like they're coming to church. Right. Mm-hmm. It's the same 
as going to a funeral that you don't know the person who passed away or attending a wedding that you weren't invited to. <laughs> it's literally that level of awkward. Oh, wow. So when, when someone walks into a church for the first time, in fact, from the time they park their car, there's a seven-minute countdown clock mm-hmm. that they determine in the first seven minutes whether or not they will ever even return. Yeah. Wow. Which means yeah. by the time Matt starts to sing, certainly by the time I get up to teach, that ship has long yeah, sailed. Right. <laughs> so our greeters and our people and our atmosphere and our welcoming, you know, not like bear hugging people in the lobby, but also not ignoring them. Right. Just a simple, yeah. hey, it's good yeah. to see you. Welcome. You know, creating that. It really goes a long way yeah. for people yeah. who this is a weird experience to come to church. Right. And um, even people who, you know, maybe grew up here haven't been to church in decades. Yeah, and now yeah. they're, they're trying church again, and that can just be kind of weird. And so I never take for granted that people got in their vehicle and drove to a church. Right, right, right. <laughs> they could have done a hundred different things, right. and yeah. yet they're here. That's and right. so we yeah. want to make sure they feel welcome. And then obviously we <laughs> want the, the gospel— to, to be spoken and the Holy Spirit to use that in a way where ultimately they respond to Jesus and salvation. That's great. Yeah. And we've got some things on our social media this week, some digital invites, a video from you, I believe. Mm-hmm. Share those, get the word out, and hopefully you know invite your friends and, and they'll show up this Sunday and it's going to be great. Yeah. So that'll be this Sunday at 9.30 and 11 uh, here on campus. And then if for some reason you're traveling, can't be here, always online at vaughnforest.com. Uh, well, I've enjoyed this series. It's fantastic seeing, yeah. you know again, the generosity of the folks here at Vaughn Forest Church, seeing what God's going to do throughout 2023 and beyond. This has been really good. It's a great place to kind of wrap that up Mm -hmm. and look forward to what's going to happen next. So on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy, Jonathan, myself, we appreciate you joining us today, and we will catch you next time.